sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Um, I'm excited to have with me across the table in the studio today, Bishop Donald DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Bishop DeGroote, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Good to have you here. And today, Bishop DeGroote and I are going to be talking um, about his heart, you know, how much he's walking, how much excitement. No, no, that's not his physical heart, but his spiritual heart, the, the heart of a bishop in the church today uh, and the way that God has, with this particular man, um, called him and given the graces, particularly the graces that 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 um, he needed to receive and accept the call to become a bishop in the Catholic Church in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But if, before we get into that, if you've never listened to the show before, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, been in that role since 2002, um, been in the role of husband to Jermaine since 1999, a far more important role. Um, she's from Ohio, I'm from central Minnesota, but all five of our kids are born and raised here in sunny Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So the Diocese of Sioux Falls is basically eastern half of the state. If, if uh, you're not familiar with um, the Dakotas or South Dakota in particular, the Missouri River sort of bisects the state and the Diocese of Sioux Falls is the uh, eastern and half and the since February 13th at about I don't know 1 p.m. somewhere in there um uh Donald DeGrood originally from Minnesota has been the bishop for the diocese of Sioux Falls so bishop once again welcome and before we get into sort of what we're gonna be talking about today the graces you've received in your call your heart as a bishop just if you won't mind giving uh the, the short version of who is Bishop Donald DeGrood hi uh farm boy at heart grew up at the farm uh just South of, uh, or west of Faribault, Minnesota, so south of the Twin City area of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, just wonderful down-to-earth parents. Uh, my dad only went to eighth grade. My mom uh, got through high school, uh, needing even to pay her way through Catholic high school. Mm. Uh, so just beautiful farm roots and uh, certainly a farmer at heart. I have uh, four brothers. Two of them are still farming, and the other two live down in that same area. So kind of a classic farm family, and uh, just been really blessed so much through my life uh, with the gift of being out uh, in uh, in a more rural area. So to come actually now to be sent to uh, Sioux Falls has just been a tremendous joy. I feel like the the dream of being a little kid in a country parish, which was my mm. dream, but the Lord sent me to a country diocese, mostly Amen. country diocese. Uh, so it's been beautiful. It's been a great gift. Great. And it's great to have you. You've had a, quite a first few months uh, as our bishop um, with COVID and everything else that's happened, um, but it's, it's a gift to have you. And, and we're going to talk today, as we said already, about sort of the graces that you received. And um, I, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I just want to set things up a little bit for why we're talking about this. Um, I remember when I listened to a recording of you, you were announced as the next bishop for the Diocese of Sioux Falls back on December 12th of 2019. And that following weekend, you were back at your parish, St. John the Baptist um, in... Savage. Savage. I was at Lakeville. Savage, Minnesota. And sharing with, with the people of your parish, your flock, 
um, this news uh, and sort of how it had arisen. And I was just, to be honest, Bishop, as I've told you before, really moved by that because I think it it just gave a window, if you will, into your heart and how God has been moving in what I don't think people realize the um, just at a human level, the difficulty of receiving a call like this. So I'm just going to set it for you. Can you talk, if you want to start there somewhere else, but about the, how the Lord has moved in you, the graces he's given you um, to accept and then to be, accept the call to be a bishop for the diocese who falls. Absolutely. Maybe just building off of that, uh, what you're referring to there, that convers- or that sharing that I had, the church was really around um, the graces that I received in the call, but also the very human hardship uh, because I love my flock in Savage, and uh, it's very hard to think of uh, leaving my family, my friends, my parishioners, uh, and yet there was so much grace. And I know that when I just really surrender my heart to my, even my own desires, that God multiplies those blessings many times over. And so I think just as a, to set that context, but really... What happened in the uh, the call, I was in my office in an afternoon with just a regular individual staff meeting, and uh, I got this call from Washington, rec- recognized the numbers, so I just put it back in my pocket, <laughs> didn't answer it, and I thought, oh, they didn't leave a message? Great. Must have just been some, you know, marketer or something right. calling, right? So, uh, but then they called right back, and I thought, well, this is strange. And it was particularly striking to me because the day before was uh, we had just got news of the loss of Bishop Serba from Duluth, right. who was a priest of the Diocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, had known him for many years. So, I mean, there was just all this stuff going through my own um, heart and mind in regards to his own death. And, uh, but, anyways, it was a call from. Uh, it's basically the Pope's helper, who is a, uh, in the United States. He's called a nuncio. And he asked if he could speak confidentially to me. And I said, sure, let me just step out of the room here. And so we're walking down the hall talking about the weather and whatever else. And, you know, and he's I'm, French, right? Yeah, yeah, he's French. And, uh, you know, he's got pretty decent English. He's yep. got pretty good English, yep. actually. Uh, and so I'm kind of, you know, just walking down the hall so nobody knows, you know, who I'm talking to because it's a confidential conversation. Um, so I uh, get into the room and he's still just talking about whatever. The coldest day was I remember was for... Archbishop Hebda's installation when I was here up in Minnesota. And so we were, we were talking about those kinds of things. Well, then eventually he says, I'm calling on behalf of the Holy Father to let you know that he's appointed you the, um, the ninth bishop of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My first response was very human. Oh, uh, and then it was, can I pray about it and talk to my spiritual director? Mm. Um, anyways, in, in, in just the brief conversations we had, he talked about how we're called to be missionary and, as the Lord sent his disciples out, that we ourselves must really be open to whatever God has for our lives. And so he asked, well, could you give me a call back yet today? And I said, just did an interior check and had a real sense of peace mm. uh, that, yeah, I'd have an answer. So anyways, called my spiritual director. He wasn't available. And as soon as I could get freed up after the uh, finishing the meeting that I was in the midst of, um, I knew what I needed to go, right to the Adoration Chapel. Mm. And I knew that I needed to ask one question. God, what do you want? I've been in discernment in many things in my life, certainly even the vocation of priesthood, discerning that or marriage and farm or what, what's the, you know, where am I going to be happy? What does the Lord want? And I've learned that if I try to think it through too much, that I muddle it all up in my mind because <laughs> all my own personal desires and will get in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And really we're into your peace, into your freedom lies is really in God, what is it you want? And so going to that Adoration Chapel, when you're speaking about the grace and the interior experience of a call, 
I was in that Adoration Chapel at St. John the Baptist. I call it the Place of Grace as it relates to my experience of call as a bishop. I was in there 10, maybe 12 minutes at the most, and I just had a very clear sense from God, I want you to say yes, and I'll give you everything you need. Mm. And then, of course, my humanity kicked back in. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, but Lord, you know, <clears throat> my parishioners, I love them. You're still in the chapel at this point. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. in the Adoration yeah. Chapel. Yeah. And I literally experience, you know, because they're in my heart, right? That's mm-hmm. the gift of being a, a priest. You, you carry them in your heart. They're your spiritual children. I literally experienced this expansion, if you will, of my own heart, so I could still hold them. And yet, all of a sudden, I had this sense that I was also, the Lord had given me a heart to be able to hold all the folks of my new diocese. And then I realized, oh, okay, I guess I can do this. And then it was like, yeah, but Lord, I'll be all alone. You know, leaving Mm -hmm. behind family, friend, brother, priest, my parishioners. And I had this very clear sense, you can take your best friend with you. And I did the urine check and said, then I can do this, knowing my best friend is the Lord. And so in that time of just receiving these clear senses of grace, uh, it's actually a very particular type of grace called an actual grace that relates to one's vocation Mm. and the clarity and the certitude that this was of God. It wasn't of my own imagination, my own will. Because I knew if I started thinking about it, I'd be thinking about the things that I was leaving, which was surfacing, obviously, mm-hmm. even in the objections, in a sense, I had with the Lord. But then also thinking of what lies ahead, all the uncertainties, what I'd be asked to do, those kinds of things. And so it would create fear and uncertainty and anxieties, those kinds of things. So the Lord gave me that grace. I did an interior check uh, with our with our Blessed Mother and um, with a few uh, uh, bishops, uh, both who were uh, deceased. And um, my Uncle Donnie and my dad, who were also deceased, and there was just this real sense of confirmation all the way across the boards. And so I just said, yes, Lord, marry as long as you help me, because I knew that I would need our Blessed Mother to be with me as mother, spiritual mother, uh, so that I could try to be faithful like she was faithful. I'm not perfect in it. She was. So that's really what the grace was, and I just, I've not questioned it since then. The clarity, the certitude that came from God was so profound. And then the graces that have flowed after that have been amazing as a bishop. Um, even leading up to ordination, all the, the craziness of getting everything ready, short timeline. We had the ad limit of Rome, which yeah. is something that happens every five years for the diocese. Uh, so it was just so much going on. But if I didn't try to think it out or fix it or control it myself, but stay in the grace of the moment, there was so much joy and interior peace of just being surrendered, in a sense, clearly into God's hands, Lord, whatever you want. So there's been a series, and I'm certainly happy to share more of those if that's helpful that, to the listeners and the heart of the of a bishop. Great. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Bishop Donald DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls about his call to become a bishop, being a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and then his call that literally came from a call from the Holy Father's representative here in the United States. And just what that means, I, I think, listeners, what, what I... I want you to hear what Bishop is sharing with you because it speaks not only to his experience, particularly, of course, most of us will not be called to become a bishop. And yet there's there's a, a way in which this is something that God is always all, inviting all of us closer to him and then sending us all on mission. And that with that can come... Um, some fear, some anxiety, some concerns that, that we might share. And, and, and I hope that by listening to Bishop, 
uh, you, you can get a sense of how you too can respond in faith just as he did. So uh, Bishop, looking back to, okay, right now as we're recording this week in the liturgical year, the communion antiphon is bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's something that occurred uh, to me today as, as I was praying with this is how easy it is for us to forget the benefits of the Lord. So um, for you, th- that, that, um, that moment in in the chapel in Savage St. John the Baptist in Savage was uh, what's over over seven months ago, eight months ago maybe now. Um, and, and do you ever have those moments as I do on occasion? Did I just imagine that? Did I dream that up? Those graces that were given, I am tempted to forget them, as opposed to remembering the works of the Lord. So, in what way have you continued, or, or have you? Um, continued to live from that grace, or have you, in a sense, moved on? Has the Lord given you additional graces that you've lived from since that moment, early December 2019, in your Adoration Chapel? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, as humans, of course, we are. Uh, it's very easy for us to forget, and I'm as human as is all the listeners. Uh, so we all have that vulnerability. Um, it's good that you're bringing that up, that antiphon, right, to remind us to go back to the goodness of the Lord, and certainly in times of prayer, uh, but also in times of conversation when people might ask, you know, what was the call like? What was the experience? It certainly takes me back to that place. And then that clarity, that certitude, the power of that grace was so clear and so profound, giving me the confidence to walk into what I had no clue what I was walking into. Uh, but also, kind of your point of, is it just remembering that grace or are there continual graces? What I discover, the more focused I am on the grace of the moment, the more I'm able to see the graces in the present. Mm. So it's not just the moments of grace. Maybe it was on a retreat when we were younger, or maybe it was you know, someone's marriage or some profound thing out on a walk in the woods or hunting or uh, wherever they might be in an adoration chapel at Mass. So we can have those moments of grace, and it's good that we recall those, but it's also really important to stay open to the grace of the moment. So kind of having like this discerning spirit of, I'm waiting for the next grace. What mm. is it? Where is it, Lord? And when I'm focused on that, rather than trying to figure out an issue or a problem or control some sort of thing, I mean, to use my mind, of course, the Lord gave us that. But I think for all of us, just what does the Lord have for me today? And learning how to how to listen to the Spirit, how to receive the Spirit, how to abandon oneself. And for me, it's taken me a long, long, long time to have that confidence that the Lord would provide. But the game changer for me in this call to be a bishop was that I knew, humanly speaking, it's so far beyond me. Hmm. But nothing's impossible with God, and that's been my experience. The spiritual graces he's given me and clarity and envisioning for the diocese, for example, and working with whether it's individual clergy or um, anything that might come up in the diocese that comes to my attention I need to attend to, even the COVID stuff, um, the Lord's just, he continues to give me grace if I'm open to it. So I think we have to remember that grace is available for us every day. They're not all as profound as you're saying is that actual grace that relates to a vocation that only happens at particular times of our life. But the ongoing little graces he gives us, sometimes it's very little in very common ways. So thinking about that, like being always open, attentive to um, an expected heart, perhaps. Mm. The Lord will, in his time and not my my pre-programmed, scheduled time, give me the grace that I need. Um, 
how does one maybe how do you uh, and I know you said it's over years, but how have you what have you found to be a helpful way to have that expected tart? to have that expectant heart, to, to be ready to receive the graces. In a sense, I think, I feel like that's a, if you will, a spiritual skill that we all need to foster and develop, of course, by God's grace itself. How does one do that? How, and particularly, how have you done that, Bishop? Yeah, I think the first thing is to remember that we're all, we all approach these things a little bit differently, and some of us, we find it actually easier, mm. right? So some who have a listening heart that are more, Resigned, kind of open to whatever God plans. That's very different than someone who's maybe has more of a type A personality. I can do this. I got to get it done. Uh, and certainly I have those characteristics in me. And thinking back to the farm, it feels great when you get a bunch of stuff done, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's very easy to get in the way of God's own timing, God's own plan, because I just want to get something done. So I've had to learn through humility and through even hardship, as people would share, you know, that it's... Uh, I was asking too much too quickly, or I would find it myself. I'm too worn out because I'm trying too hard. I've had to learn, and I still have more to learn, of how to just stay in the grace of the moment, just let God bring it to me, let God show me it the way in my heart or in the hearts of others. Uh, so that's certainly one piece. Certainly my spiritual director has been very, very helpful. He's been trying to teach me for years, <laughs> uh, and I'm still learning uh, much more to learn about detachment okay. and just being really yeah. open, even to assignments. So whatever God asks of us, he had a wonderful line that was really helpful for me throughout my years of discernment, even towards uh, priesthood, is really to, you know, whatever the express will of the bishop is, is the express, the, the will of the bishop is the express will of God. Mm. So in that sense that if I'm called to do something, for example, my assignment as a priest or in people's marriages and family life and, and God's presenting them this trial, this difficulty, this challenge, this, which might be different than what we desire or want, to be totally open to it and to be resigned, to take it on, if you will, and even the call to be a bishop was that same disposition. Unless I have a serious good reason to say no, I should embrace what I'm being, what the Lord's asking of me. Mm. And for us, in some ways, it's easier through the obedience, right? We get that clear message through the, the bishop and how the bishop works. Right. And in this case, the Bishop of Rome, right. as, as I received that call, uh, it's not it's not as easy in certain ways, maybe for the lady, because they don't necessarily see it in the same way, but it's really in marriage, for example, seeing the call in that spousal relationship. Where am I being called to love? What am I being asked to do to sacrifice, to manifest my love for my spouse, for my kids, for the church? How am I asked to be a missionary discipleship, for example, to go out? As you were, as you're just talking there and thinking of... So I mentioned married for uh, 21 years, actually this Friday, as we're recording. Um, and, and and I know when the Lord is asking mm. something of me. It may not come okay. by a phone call from the papal nuncio in Washington, <laughs> D.C., but it's clear nonetheless. And 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 I, again, as you said, in, in, in your humanity, in my humanity, um, I can try to dodge that. And yet the word that I would like to focus the time that we have left today, which when you said it immediately to me encapsulated everything you've been talking about is detachment. Mm. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, your host, visiting today with Bishop Donald DeGrood of the Diocese of Sioux Falls about his call to become a bishop, which happened less than a year ago, last December 2019, um, and, and the response that he made 
to that 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 difficult request at, at a human level, leaving everything he had, his people, family, friends, to come be a bishop for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So, Bishop, that word detachment, I think, is such an important word, and, and yet maybe either um, a not well understood or even perhaps misunderstood. Um, so, you, you, so you left family, friends, people who you love. Um, you're called to be detached, but that does not mean you know. Sometimes we hear of the word holy indifference, but that's not like a cold indifference. You're, you're mm-hmm. not called to not love your mother or your brothers. Mm-hmm. You're called to love them. So, what does detachment really mean, Bishop? Ah, great point. Building off of what you said, it means to love them rightly, mm. right? So I'm not overly attached to them in an unhealthy way, which, for example, you know, would be like um, maybe giving into loneliness or sadness, depression, those kinds of things can come in if, if we have a hard time letting something go, right? We're too attached to it. So it's really right. a right ordering of the ultimate desire of the heart, which is only God. And as we grow in our relationship with God, so we love our spouse, we love our kids, but if something tragic happens, is we have to grieve that on the human end, but we don't lose hope like that's the end. Yeah. We look forward to being with them in heaven. So we, we love them rightly in a very different way by accepting the incredible hardship of the loss or a spouse would be another good example, <clears throat> a family member, friend, or parents. So to be able to surrender them to the Lord and to receive the presence of God and to be, uh, if you will, attached to what our heart really longs for, and that's divine love, friendship with God, and then that rightly orders everything else. So then it doesn't matter. Yes, I can still leave my friends, but I take them with me in my heart. Mm. I still love them. I still love my family, and I enjoy the times when I get to connect with them, Uh, like the summer when I went back and had some time with some of my family and some friends uh, and so those beautiful moments that we get to relish, but we don't cling to that. We're actually free. And so holy detachment, um, interior freedom, the right, there's lots of different words that might right. come. In fact, you know, if you're thinking of a good book, um, there's a beautiful book called Into Your Freedom by Jacques Philippe. Mm. And um, there's other beautiful books like Into Your Hands, Father by Stinnison, uh, that really help us with detachment, with help us with understand that holy detachment. And you're saying it so well, it doesn't mean like I reject them. No, I just love them rightly. Right. So there's a freedom, there's a joy. And so when I stay in the Lord, there's freedom and joy. When I go into my humanity, I think of what I had before Mm. and that can lead me to the sadness. I need to grieve that loss, but not without hope. I still get to carry them in my heart. I love them in a different way. I'm not present with them as I was before, but now I get to love all of you and be present with all of you and to love, try to love you rightly. So the Lord just replaces it in a different way, but there should always be in in us that freedom to just surrender to whatever God allows in our life. I think, so he, he asks us, um, well, in a sense, commands, the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your mm. God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. So you're talking about properly ordering, again, not that... I'm not called to love my spouse, my children, um, my friends, family, coworkers, et cetera. But there is an order. There, there is a proper hierarchy, and the Lord asks for that of us first, right? Absolutely. And the reason he asks is because he knows that's what our hearts are made for, and it's what we really long for. The problem is we don't see it that way. In other words, we can get humanly attached to possessions or a position or a family member or a friend, 
in an unhealthy way as if that's what's going to really satisfy me and fulfill me. Those things will only fulfill us to a certain degree, but to have each of those rightly ordered means that there's a freedom. They come and they go in our life, right? We think of the beautiful example of, um, I believe it was Job, you know, where the Lord Mm. is given, the Lord is taken away. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, Job, how the heck did you do that? You had all these possessions and cattle and, you know, all this, and the Lord uh, allowed him to be purified. But his heart was pure enough to be detached. The Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, in all things, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then we realize, oh, it's like the gospel from this last weekend. What is our treasure? Mm. We're willing to sell everything. That's what holy detachment looks like. I'm willing to go anywhere, do whatever the Lord asks of me. Now, as human beings, we really struggle with that. I struggle with that, right? But the Lord gives us the grace as long as we stay in the grace of the moment and we focus on what it is that really brings us happiness And when we fall more deeply in love with the Lord, that is that divine love which seeks the good of the other, we're not focused on ourself. And so the focus goes outwardly. We're falling in love with God. We love others and we love ourselves as God loves us. Bishop, what I've found to be um, helpful for me is to recognize. So, So I could see somebody listening. I'm listening to this. I want this. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 what he is describing is appealing. I want that. I'm so attached um, mm-hmm. to these things. I want to be free of them. And so there can be a temptation to fall into what the church calls Pelagianism. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to detach. No, great. The primacy of grace, mm-hmm. right? So Lord, it's what you've been talking about. Be attentive to the grace. Beg the Lord for the grace of holy detachment Amen. and he will give it to you. Don't deta- don't don't uh, uh, resolve to detach on your own. You won't be able to. I, I can't at least. Correct. But beg the Lord to do that, and He will. Oh, right. you're spot on. Basically, what it is is you, you're asking the Lord for the grace for the increase of the desire to love Him more than the thing we're attached to. Mm. Mm. And so it's really by receiving the grace, it draws us to that which is greater and enables us to set free that which is a less good, but at the time it seems like the greater good, right? It's what we really want. That's why addictions would be a good example on an extreme. I'm so attached to that thing and I'm willing to do anything to get that next drink or that go back to do gambling or sexual things or whatever it might be. So it just means that attachment we have to that pleasure, that good that we think, it's it's called an apparent good. Uh, Some of those, especially that are not of the Lord, are clearly just apparent goods. And the evil one works off that. He works off our passions, our desires, our will, all that broken stuff where there's brokenness within us. What we need to do is we need to be humble and receive the love of the Lord. And so being with the Lord, allowing ourselves to be loved by him and loving ourselves as he loves us, then all of a sudden we realize, ah, just like you're saying, I want this. This is it. This is what brings happiness to the heart. That's why the disciples could leave everything and follow Jesus. Mm. But the key is to focus ahead and not keep looking back of all that I've left behind, right. but rather all that the Lord has ahead for me. And when we fall in love with the Lord and we love ourselves that way, we focus outwardly and we're as happy as and free as we can be. And of course, we're all on that journey, right? It's hard Amen. to get there. Amen. Bishop Donald Greer, thank you for being with us today, Bishop. So, folks, as you're listening to Bishop and maybe you want to go back, uh, the great thing about digital radio and podcasts, you can always re-listen, rewind, um, and, and, and hear 
Um, what, what Bishop shared with you, maybe there's something you want to go back to. For me, I think what, what he left us with just at the end there, um, where it's about increasing the love for the greater things. So it's not about lessening my love for my spouse. It's about increasing my love for God, for instance. So those good things that God calls us to, trusting that he will give us everything that we need. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for, for future episodes. And yeah, let's pray God's blessings upon all of you good listeners. Until next time, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and descend upon you. Amen.